And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 631. Going to wrap up our AL Central team previews with the Cleveland Guardians. And in order to help me break down this fun team that uh, has my favorite catcher in baseball on it and much, much more, you can find them over at the High Stakes Heat Podcast. Yes, they dusted off the mics this weekend. They are, they were back in action. You can find them on Twitter at the Dust Mike. Jay Kaleska, how are we doing, my friend? I'm really great, Bubba. Thanks for having me on. You know, I've been listening to your show since I started listening to podcasts, so it's pretty pretty cool to be talking to you live here. Nice of you to bring on another, you know, mostly just guy on Twitter to talk about my favorite team. But yeah, I'm we're back on the mic. Finally, yeah. and it feels good to be doing something that's actually uh, being recorded. <laughs> yeah, no, because that's the thing is you guys are always busy doing fantasy stuff, but real life gets in the way of uh, everything else. So it's uh, good to see you guys, like I said, dust it off and have some fun chatting up you and Dave McDonald. So uh, that'll be fun to see when that one drops. Um, and yes, how long have you been a Guardians fan? I'm guessing your whole life. Yeah. You know, we Clevelanders, we don't tend to leave or, or lose our fandom. You know, I was raised with it, so, uh, yeah. and I and I moved back here after school. So, That's yeah, awesome. it's it's pretty ingrained in us as as your gigantes are for you. Yes, yes, born and raised, and you just kind of, you're dealt the hand you're dealt type situation. Yeah. Are you at least a Cleveland Browns fan for the weekend? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun yeah. weekend. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It should be a pretty pretty good game for us unless something tragic happens so yeah, i'm looking forward fun. to hopefully seeing a win tomorrow it should be fun flacco has been electric so that's been been good stuff um talking guardians though 2023 this doesn't have to be a fantasy perspective but before we get into the fantasy chatter as a guardians fan how is your takeaway from the season um i know they're always kind of expected to be towards the top of the central didn't uh end as planned i guess but uh, how do you think it went overall um yeah, you know, disappointing that the organization pretty much gave up on the season at the first trade trade deadline and then said at the waiver deadline, oh, yeah, well, you know, hey, since we don't have to spend any money really on these guys, we'll try and, like, actually sneak into the playoffs. If if only they had used some of the prospect depth that they had to actually, like, try to win, we probably could have made the playoffs. So yeah. it is disappointing. You know, ownership is continuing – continually disappointing for us uh it it just it it sucks to see other teams being able to spend hundreds of millions of dollars in an offseason and we just we sign austin hedges yeah like i I was gonna say as a giants fan i understand but no you think i think you actually have a little a little worse in that regards because i was referring to the watching the hundred millions of dollars get spent um but uh yeah i feel for you guys sometimes like j ram and we'll talk about these guys so it's at least they're still contending, but it's one of those like they're the management's doing just enough to keep it entertaining, but not entertaining enough, which is so much fun. Yeah, they're they're renovating the stadium though this year, Bubba. So oh, you know oh, they're, so. they're bringing they're bringing us back in. All those ticket sales, all those yeah, ticket sales yeah. from the team on the field. The, the things that actually pay the contracts, right? Not the not the TV. Oh yeah, by the way, we still don't have a a, a carrier for our games, so. Oh, were you one of the Bally's? No, we're people? the we're one of the Bally's, yeah. So oh, Jesus. We're still we're still languishing here. So you know, they're they're not gonna sign anybody this this offseason. <laughs> God. Either, so. Unbelievable. That's just wild stuff. But uh, yeah. hopefully things get better someday. It's one of those hopefully new ownership shows up someday. There's a bunch of teams that need that in a lot of sports. There's always hope. Yeah. Yeah, always hope. But um let's talk Cleveland Guardians for twenty twenty four from a fantasy perspective. And we'll start with the hitting side of things as we do, and we will start up top 
with J-Ram. Jose Ramirez, um, just an absolute beast, one of the more consistent players. Getting older and, you know, maybe stepping back in a couple categories here and there, but as a whole, still a beast when it comes to fantasy baseball. And over the last 15 drafts, uh, ADP of around 14. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on J-Ram? Are we still good with like, hey, plug him in, be happy with it? Are you concerned with anything you're seeing? I mean, he's the king of Cleveland. He's he's our favorite son right now. Uh, I, I'm I'm not terribly concerned. Yeah, you mentioned he's he's getting older. You know, he's going to be 32 during the season this year, but he hasn't really slowed down speed wise or power wise. Uh, you know, last year was a bit of a drop off, but you know, I'm not really concerned with any of the metrics. Uh, you know, his his hard hit percentages were still fine. They were in line with everything. Home run for fly ball was was down a hair. So there might be a little bit of an uptick coming from that. Swinging strike rate still great. I mean, he's he's not elite across the board, but he's as damn solid as you get across the board. And I have no – like, I was taking him at three and four last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I've already gobbled up a couple shares in my early drafts at the back end of the first round, and I'm going to continue to do so. I, I got nothing to worry about with him. You know, your RBI numbers might be a little down – compared to other guys you're going to take in that in that echelon but i mean he's he does everything and doesn't hurt you anywhere so i'm i'm still on the train yeah i'm with you i I love jram and i was with you as well like the last x amount of years it's been like hey at worst top five pick if not three four you take that comfortable a five categories plug it in Dude's got a chance at 30 30 some years when things run well. Like that's that's pretty outstanding mm-hmm. stuff. So he yeah, I'm with takes you. A day off. Like he's he's always out there every yeah. season. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I'm with you. I um I have no problem with J Ram going forward. Stephen Kwan, on the other hand, is a conundrum depending on who you talk to uh, in the fantasy world. Some people believe that this is like the next batting average OBP guy that can run and score hundred plus runs. Other people are concerned about him not being able to get on base, like well. OVP-wise, yes, batting average, not so much type deal. So when you look at Stephen Kwan, where does he sit in that facet for you? Because right now, ADP of 205 seems pretty darn cheap if he can produce what most think he can. It is cheaper than last year. And I was one of those guys that kind of expected him to hit 300, but not mm. do much more than 1020. And and frankly, at that range, I, I like to look elsewhere. I, I like to get more out of counting stats and power production at that point because I'm taking a lot of average and speed guys early, so I really don't like to keep compiling those stats in the middle rounds. Um, and Frank, our park, progressive field is not exactly hitter-friendly, so I don't know if he's ever going to have that elite batting average season. Um, you know, he'll always be pretty solid, but I don't, I don't know if I would ever expect more than, you know, 8 to 10 homers and 20-ish steals. And and when you're getting 50 RBI hitting, I don't know, 285, 290, that's just kind of meh, and I'm not not really interested, frankly. He's he's probably pretty much crossed off my list unless he drops a lot. And it's possible that he could because other people probably have a very similar opinion. Yeah, he's gone as low as 248 over the last 15 drafts, Mm -hmm. so could drop a bit. I still know if that's right because – like like you said, is last year five five homers, twenty one steals. Like that's basically a steals and a maybe runs guy with a little bit of an average, which doesn't do it for you. like you can get right. three categories guys farther down the board as you're saying. 
Obviously, roster construction getting stolen bases earlier and batting average earlier. You don't even need Stephen Kwan. Like Lars Newtbar's going around him. Um, you have Christopher Morel, Dalton Varsha. A lot of, a lot of good outfielders in that range, yeah. Exactly. So you can definitely pick your your battles elsewhere, which makes a ton of sense in that the, regard. The, the average helps. He gets a lot of plate appearances and a lot of at-bats, and he, he doesn't walk a, a, a whole hell of a lot. So he's he's going to give you help in average if he's hitting 285. But is it worth passing on a guy like Newt Barr, who's going to probably hit third for the Cardinals and give you a lot of counting stats? Is it worth passing on a guy like Morell that could be, despite his contact issues, a hell of an electric player for you? Yep. I, I just don't. I, I don't see why taking Quan over any of those guys makes sense. Totally uh, makes a lot of sense to me what, what, what you're saying. Uh, Andres Jimenez, this is a guy that I know I've kind of been in a – it feels like a minority at times. Could be wrong, but I've always liked the talent. Now the ADP is obviously coming up there with Jimenez at, at 108. But um, this is a guy that last year, 1530, year before 1720. Batting average dropped last year, but I think he's more of a 250, 260 guy. Anyways, yeah. the 297 was awesome. But I'm, I'm, I'm pumped if I can get 1530 or 1525, which I think is in the realm of possibilities for guys turning 25. So what's your thoughts on Andres Jimenez this season, and is that price too high, though, for his talent? I don't know. I, th- I think it's pretty solid. Uh, he's a little cheaper this year than last. Um, and – it, it, it yeah, I hate the it depends on roster construction, but it does. You know, if mm-hmm. if if you can't stomach getting bad batting average from a middle infielder that you're taking that high, I get it. Um, but you know, I I I can see if you drafted a good amount of average early and you just wanted a pretty well-rounded player that's going to score a decent amount of runs. He's going to score probably 80 to 85. He's going to knock in probably 70-ish. Um, he could end up popping 20 with some good batted ball luck and, and you know, you could, you can have a nice 20, 30 player that maybe hits 260. If he's hitting 20 homers, he's probably hitting 260, 265. That's, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, second base isn't the best position in the world. So mm-hmm. if, if he's, if he's your guy, because you, you built your roster. Well, I, I see no problem with it. Now, will I have a lot of him? Probably not, but he's definitely somebody that I would consider if it, if it fit my team. Yeah, for me, it's been it's been tough because last year I felt like I had more of him than I'm having this year. But I think it's like you said, the roster construction that where he's going, I'm going more maybe a pitcher or something else in my builds, and then yeah, yeah. and then it, it's like I could go Jimenez at 108, or I can wait. And I know they're different players, and there's different ceilings to each. But like Geloff and Thyro, if I want power speed, mm-hmm. not the same as Jimenez, but. We're talking 30, 40 picks later in those regards so you can do different things. And that's uh, obviously why we draft early is to try to see where we like those um, angles. But um, I think that's maybe what's taking me off of him right now, and that's not saying he's not worth taking, but it's um, definitely your roster construction uh, comment on that one. I'm just like you. I'm I'm pretty heavy pitching where he's going. I am, I'm offense early. I love yeah. that, like, third tier of starters – Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, yeah, I, I'm not in a position to draft him. Like, like you said, yep, very yep. often. Same boat there. Uh, let's go to Josh Naylor, a guy I am a big, big fan of, uh, 121 games last year, 20, the year before he's always got a little bit of an injury issue. It seems like, mm-hmm. but there's power. He showed some more speed last year. Maybe the new stolen base environment helped. The average was much higher than usual, but, and that should come down. But the part I wanted to mention, as you should probably know is, he is a phenomenal contact guy. So yeah, the average could come into play, just maybe not to that level. So what's your thoughts on Josh Naylor? Because uh, now this year people have caught on, obviously, and you mm-hmm. have to pay a 130 ADP for him now. 
Right. I, I, I had a lot of Naylor last year, and I love having him on my real-life team because I would hate to play against him just because he yes. pissed me off so fucking much. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, he's great to watch. I love his intensity. It is a little pricey. I mean, I like him, but I there's so many first basemen that I like this year that I'm I haven't taken him yet. And honestly, I think there's a, a, a couple guys that I like that go after him a little bit better. Um, but you, as you mentioned, he's for for average. I mean, if you want average from your corner uh, or your first baseman, uh, he's a pretty good bet for a, a solid 285 to 290. He, he probably won't hit 308 again, but he could. Uh, I mean, he's got a plus 90% in zone contact. I mean, his contact rate overall is way above average for MLB. So, and the hard hit is pretty solid. The swinging strike rate is below average. Uh, You know, I just, you're not probably going to see him ever hit more than 25 homers, which kind of sucks. But if, you know, if he goes 10 or 10 steals and 20 homers, it's not bad. It's just. Uh, it's kind of in the middle. I, I I probably don't see myself having much of him. I don't have one now just because he's a little bit more expensive and there's so many first basemen. Yeah, I'm with you. It was nicer when he was like 100 picks later last year as your corner infielder. That was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, yep. You mentioned this, there's we just did our first base preview pod with Bloomfield, and uh, there's a lot to like after Naylor, and I, I have no spite against Naylor. That's so, like you said, on your real-life team, yeah, I wouldn't want to face him either because he pissed me like just the yeah. hair going crazy, the trash talking, and – if he was on my team, I'd love it, obviously. So it's just a good real life player, not bad in fantasy, just not at this ADP. Yeah, just to I man, got him in the main last year in like round eighteen. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's very doable. That's yeah. very very doable. Um, his brother, on the other hand, Bo Naylor. I know I might be over my skis on how excited I am about this guy, but I love the way he finished the season. Like we saw power, we saw speed. Mm-hmm. We saw great skills at the plate as he got more comfortable up there. Should be the everyday guy. He's got an ADP around 160. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I'm 100% cool with that. But what are your thoughts on Bo Naylor? Uh, I'm going to be overloaded like you, and it might not be the best idea because I know Hedges is there, and Mm -hmm. they love Austin Hedges. They went out and overpaid for his ass to bring him back again just because they they love his clubhouse presence. And I know that's the stupid cliche, but they really do love – everything about the guy's personality they love the way he manages the pitching staff to love he he love they love how he just works so closely with those guys and there were articles put out while he was here in in local uh press about just how much he is the the pitchers rave about how he handles them in game out of game i know they're gonna play hedges more than you would want but that said i'm still drafting bo naylor because he still could go 2015 oh, yeah. playing 65% of the games. And that's all I care. I mean, I don't want necessarily – I don't need my catcher two or even catcher one if he, I take him that late and back him up real quick. I don't need them to get 600 plate appearances. I, I, you know, if I get anything solidly positive out of my catcher two, which he will be a lot of the time, then I'm, I'm great. I'm happy. You know, he, he – he might not hit above 250, but if he's going 15, 10, or even a little more than that, then I'm I'm pretty happy overall. Yeah, he'd be a phenomenal catcher too. Uh, I'd be all over that. Like I was saying before, I think he's kind of what everyone wanted Dalton Varsho to be, is who 
Bo Naylor could be. That's me again, maybe overthinking things with him, but I'm very optimistic and yeah, it's good to hear it from you at least on the Austin Hedges thing. Cause every time I see a, a veteran defensive catcher get signed, it's always annoying. Like my goal is maybe they give him to like Logan Allen who had control issues and be like, Hey, he's yeah. here every, every yeah. fifth day. Yeah. And then that let sounds Bo, plausible. And yeah. then let Bo Naylor catch four out of the five. Like I'm cool with that. That'd be ideal, but you're probably right. With so many young pitchers, it's just like they probably will find a way to put Austin Hedges out there. I'm, I'm entirely convinced they want him to join the major league staff as soon as he retires, which hopefully is this year, like in April. But <laughs> um, they they fucking love the guy, and yeah. I know they want to make him a coach, and this is essentially what it is. He's going to be a coach that's going to play occasionally and hit 160 because he sucks ass, but – it's Jake Taylor. It's the real life guardian <laughs> <Yeah>. story. <laughs> it's the real life story. Yeah, he's all, yeah. yeah. No, and, I, and the one thing I will say for like if people listen to Chris Rose rotation or whatever, Hedges sounds like a great dude. Just when you yeah. talk to him, like people yeah. and like a good teammate and everything. Yeah. But yeah, when we're talking, we want to be competitive in real life baseball. Not the answer. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty. Sure. He's he's the player coach for sure. Yes, hundred yeah. percent player coach. That take some Pete Rose tips and bet on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Ramon Laureano. Came over midseason in a trade. Ramon Laureano is like an enigma to fantasy people. Is We know there's power. We know there's speed. We know there's a mediocre batting average. We also know he can't stay healthy or he's going to piss someone off and get suspended or there's something that he's going to do. And that's why he's got an ADP of 465. So is there any interest in that price? Or are you just like, I don't want the headache of trying to deal with Ramon Laureano? I don't want to say no because there's a positive. Yeah, he still still is. And they – they paid him a lot of money. Like this team who doesn't spend any money brought this guy in off the scrap heap from Oakland. And he didn't really do a lot for us last year. It was very mediocre, if not below mediocre. And they still picked up his option and paid him. Uh, I don't know, man. I And I hate that he's like right in the middle of our lineup. I, I don't. I don't care for the dude. His defense has even gone downhill a little bit. You know, he used to be the elite defender. It's not as much anymore his his out of zone contact is so bad his zone contact is fine but he swings so much out of the zone and misses it all the time he's below 50 percent out of the zone contact i i just like ugh, he's just so gross to see that he's like probably going to hit fifth for this team right behind nailer and uh, it's just so depressing so will i draft him probably not because i'm guaranteeing that he's going to get hurt at some point this year anyway yeah. Or he'll just suck so hard that they they eat the sunk cost and jettison him. Um, That's fair too. I God, it just depresses me to see him hitting above Bo Naylor, but you you know he's going to. Because, he's going to hundred uh, percent. You know, there's some there's some hope for our new manager Stephen Vote, who's pretty analytically inclined and also very young and progressive. So, you know, hopefully that if he struggles pretty soon out of the gate they're they're not going to be too slow to move him down the order but vote also knows him from from oakland so maybe yeah, there's something true. there too yeah. maybe he's yeah. maybe he you know like sometimes it takes a teammate or a former teammate to talk to a guy and say mm-hmm. hey get it together let's go kid that's like, entirely possible so and i'm just trying to put every optimistic angle to it basically because mm-hmm. we've seen loriana be so damn good like there was the year he was like compared to tommy fan when tommy fan was still great Mm-hmm. And um, now it's just been – it's one thing after another, so it would be crazy to see him go. Last year it wasn't bad because once he got, like, suspended or whatever, people just dropped him. So you can play waiver wire stream with him, and you're like, okay, right. I can live with that with Lerano. But having to draft him and know he's on your roster, you have to decide when to cut him. 
that's never fun. He's so. a, you know in a in a fifteen team fab league it's it's not too bad because you're you're barely True. paying for him but in a DC he's not a guy I want to roster just because I know he's going to be hurt headache. at some point yeah. and outfielders it's a battle of attrition with starting pitching and outfield so I don't like to take injury prone outfielders that much but you know, I'm, there is hope you're right I hope Stephen Vote knocks some sense into him because he's not even like you said he's not even thirty yet. yeah that's how like, come on that's one Get of the together. That's one of the most entertaining things whenever when I do these team previews. There's always one or two guys I look at the age and I'm like, what? Like they're either way too old or still young. Like Lorena feels like he should be like 35, but he's he's maybe 29 years old this year. So he's not even. There's a lot of game in there if he didn't break it all yet. Um, Kyle Manzardo, I gotta ask because we know the the trade came over from Tampa Bay. This first of all, he he went to the AFL, played phenomenal. But now there's the reports coming out because uh, they picked up De Los Santos on the mm-hmm. Rule 5 that Manzardo likely was looking more towards a AAA start to the season than a big league start. Obviously, a lot can change. What are your thoughts on this? Because some people are all in on Manzardo. Maybe is, is he still worth the draft and hold target at that point? Or is this like, hey, it might be a while? Because De Los Santos has a ton of power too, but it's more of a kind of sunk average. It's a swing, it's a swing and miss thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an that, that Rule 5 pick shocked us because – it's not a pick that the Guardians make. They 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 don't draft offense in the Rule 5 draft. They don't really draft anybody in the Rule 5 draft that often other than relief pitchers that they hope can do something. So it was really shocking to see us take a guy that they are going to have to carry on their bench all year um, with, with that kind of profile because we, we don't – we like contact guys. That's that's what we do. So um, I really hope it doesn't keep Manzardo in the minors, but – I guess that's possible. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do because we we knew the guy wasn't right last year mentally because of all the issues with his mom, and he talked about it as such. And he came over to the guards, and, and you know, power-wise, he was pretty solid. He had six homers and less than 100 ABs in AAA for us. Uh, but what I, I was just happy to see him play in the AFL and swinging freely and talking to the media and, and just – not having the the performance issues that he had in Tampa that that kind of ushered him out the door hang over him after the season was over. It, it really looks like he's um, going to be a big part of this team, but I just I can't guarantee it's going to be right away because there's always the chance that the Guardians start with, you know, the Tyler Freeman, Gabe Arias, <laughs> Rando platoon at first base, which, you know, I kind of like Gabe Arias as a bench bat, but Tyler Freeman has shown nothing to us. Yeah. Um, we, we have a lot of middling offensive prospects. We don't have a lot of, like, blow-off-the-doors offensive guys, and, and it would be a real shame if they didn't start with Manzardo on the team because why, why wait? Like, why mess around with this one right now? You need, you need the thump in your lineup. You need to see what this kid is because you gave up a major league starter for him last year, so I'm really hoping they're not stupid and keep him down. That said, uh, is he draftable? Um, I have drafted him, so I guess I consider him to be draftable. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, why is he not on the Guardians ADP list that I have pulled off? I know yeah. he's going around three ten ish. It's three thirty over the last fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's weird. He must be listed as a free agent on NFBC or something. Or Tampa. Uh, still under Tampa Bay. Oh, that's that's that we said that. Yeah. Oh, There's a few guys like Drew, Drew Thorpe yeah. still under yeah, New York. Still under yeah. New York. <laughs> that always yeah. throws me off. Like, am I drafting the right Drew Thorpe? It's like, looking at the list. Why the hell isn't he here? Okay. Yeah. So I have drafted a couple shares because he. I mean, it's. In a 15-team league, it's a 21st-round pick, 22nd-round pick. Yeah. That's fine. In, in a D.C., I, you know he's going to be up for at least four months of this year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm cool with it because you need depth everywhere. And 
you know, I, he's not going to be down all year. They're not that stupid. They, they showed that they will bring up prospects as yeah. they did with the pitchers last year. So I'm not too worried that they're going to keep him down for long, but they might not start the year with them. And in a fab league, it's a tougher draft. Uh, but we'll have a lot more clarity when we're drafting a lot of our families. You know, I'm doing 150 OACs, online auction championships, and you know the, the price point is so low that I'll still take the shot on my Manzardo because you're dropping a lot of your post 20 round picks the first few weeks anyway. So why how not? many how, how many online champions auctions have you already done? Just one because there haven't uh, been many yet. I only did yeah. one. I bought the three pack this year, and that's all yeah. I'm doing. I am an auction guy, but I don't like online auctions as much as live ones. So, okay, yeah, but I, I decided to do a couple more of those this year than I did last year. I'm gonna dip my toe in them for the first time. I'm gonna buy a three pack also, so I'm looking it forward is, to uh, it. The software is a lot better than it was a few years ago, and I'm I'm very pleased with it now. It's it, auctions are so much fun, Bubba. You're gonna love it. That's what everybody keeps saying. Like, and then I talked like Lucas. I've I've, I've talked to you, you off the air, but heard you talk about it with with Dave and stuff, and I'm just like. Yeah, this seems like the, the jam, folks. Like it seems like it's necessary. Have your multiple monitors, have your ducks in a row, and be on the trigger finger all the time. Cause on the online auctions, if somebody throws somebody out for a dollar, you gotta be ready with two, you know. Yeah. Getting down to the end goes but, goes yeah. quick. Yeah. It's a lot of fun though. All right. Back to the Guardians here. And yeah, and I'm with you. Like they traded Savali with years of control left, so they better put Mansardo mm-hmm. out there. But um a couple others, like I don't have a, a whole lot more on the starting, like they have Rokio at shortstop, Miles Straw still hanging around. Is there any fantasy relevance to any of these guys? Well, Miles Straw, of course. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Rokio is pretty blah. I don't think Rokio is ever going to give you anything in terms of much. Uh, he's he's a bottom-of-the-order bat that that had strikeout issues in the majors last year big time, and that was actually kind of surprising because in the minors it, it wasn't nearly that bad. He was a very low-K guy in the minors, so he'll give you some average. Hitting at the bottom of this lineup, though, what's he going to give you? 60 runs and 50, even if he's playing the whole season, which he should because he is their best shortstop project uh, prospect that they have that's major league ready right now. But uh, it's 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 not even worth it in a D.C. to me, honestly. I like to get a little more upside with anybody that I'm taking late. I guess if you need a warm body, but I wouldn't bother. He's not even going that late because people know he's going to start the year uh, in the lineup. So he's going before 500. So I, at that point, I'm not even considering it um will brennan showed that he's just kind of mediocre last year i don't think there's much hope um i mentioned oh we we can talk about de los santos uh you know he's going so late in dcs that why not yeah dude this dude if if he finds his way into the lineup somehow he's got 30 homer pop he's 728 adp i mean he's he's nothing so if you want to take him in the 48th round i would i would endorse it because I mean, how how many prospects that you get that are going to be in the major leagues that could pop thirty if they're full time, even if it's with a two ten average? Who cares? That's a great that's a great point. He has to be with the team, yeah. or they lose him back to Arizona. Rule five guys in DCs because at least you point. know that the team is going to keep them if if because they wanted them. I mean, yeah. I'm not drafting relievers like the Guardian, like Holby Milner, like they used to take yeah. guys like that. But this dude, they 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 have to see something in you know they're he must be fitting into their strategy a little bit if they're if they're going to carry him all year so makes a ton of sense with uh, on that yeah. all right let's head to the mound where last year in fantasy there seemed to be a prospect every week coming around and the guardians mm-hmm. helped at least three different times with that um and we'll start with the, the big one or i guess the one that came up first 
that's when Tanner Bybee, this guy was just amazing. Uh, the ratios were great. Uh, he, the, the, what I saw from the first to second half improvements were great. So the way he ended the season was, was pretty, pretty nice from Tanner Bybee, but you got to pay for it. We got an ADP of, um, where did he just go? An ADP of 109 oh, right now, the last yeah. 15. Yep. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Bybee? Cause I, I know I'm a fan, but I want to hear your perspective on it. And is he worth the, the ADP? I, I'm a fan too. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that are down on Bybee at this price just because of kind of the the individual pitches might be a little more on the mediocre side. His fastball is solid, but didn't induce a lot of swinging strike that you would want last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the change is very good. And the, uh, amazing. the slider is pretty solid and the curveball sucks, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I look at him as the sum of the parts rather than the individual pieces. He's he's taking tools that are pretty solid, maybe not overwhelmingly solid, and he might have a little bit of control issue here and there. He does have hiccups with control, but in the minors that wasn't nearly as prevalent. So I think a year of working with Austin Hedges, player manager, yeah. uh, um, I, I think he's primed for a step up. I'm not going to say, like, you know, top three-round performance, but I'm very happy to take him on a few teams in the seven, eight round range as my SP two, because, well, I've already done it a couple times. Uh, I like, I like the whole package. I like, he already seems so polished, mm-hmm. so uh, unflappable. Um, he doesn't wear his emotions on his sleeve on the mound. He doesn't get down. I know that's anecdotal stuff, but he really looks like he's all put together. And even though the, the, um, you know, the Sierra doesn't agree with his performance last year. I, I tend to put a little bit more stock into what I saw in the many times that I watched him. Yeah. And I agree, obviously with you. I, I dug in on him. I saw the pitches and, and he's such a heavy fastball guy. That's not a good fastball. Like you said, if he just up the change up on the slider, and right. mix things up, my God, there could be a whole other level to at mm-hmm. least the swing and miss abilities of Tanner Bybee. And then people might shut up a little bit about it because, there are a lot of arguments as well. He won't be a sub three guy. Well, he probably won't be. You're probably right, but yeah. he could be a three five guy, and I'll be totally sure. cool with that. Yeah, like, absolutely. And I wouldn't be shocked if he was like a three three guy because he's that good. Mm-hmm. Like from things we saw, and I'll live with that if he can up the strikeouts a bit as well. So right. I'm with you on him. And it's another one of those things is at least for me is like if I'm taking an early guy, I want to know he can give me innings, and mm-hmm. he's going to give you. He could give you around a one seventy ish, give or take, based maybe even more depending on what he did last year. So innings should not be a concern either, which is beautiful compared to some other guys you're talking about. So yeah. I love, I love one fifty seven, one fifty seven last year. So there's yeah. no reason to expect one eighty to one eighty if he's healthy. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I, I think that's a, a fine one there. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Let's go to the next one, Gavin Williams, who uh, another. You know, some people actually, at least if I was listening to the right circles, thought he was better than Tanner Bobby in, mm-hmm. in the minors. Stuff-wise. Stuff-wise, yeah. 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 So yeah. he kind of got the second call up here. He looked pretty good at times. They all had their hiccups because they're young, but he looked pretty good. His ADP is about 158. So how are we feeling about Gavin Williams? I'm more worried about him. Not not that I think he's going to be bad. I'm still worried that the control is going to be kind of subpar. Um, he is has a history of not always the best walk rates in the minors. And I, I don't see that improving a ton this year. Uh, you know, if you, if you worry about the, the, the peripherals and the underlying metrics with Gavin Williams on the ERA and the estimators and whatnot, you know, the, his were worse than Bybee's last year. Uh, their ERAs were pretty close, but he had a 
461 Sierra in his 82 major league innings last year, which is way worse than Bybee's. Um, that said, he's got more upside than Bybee. I mean, if his control gets down to maybe an 8% walk rate in the majors, you know, he could be a top five round pick next year. Uh, he could be a top 15 starter. He has that stuff. Uh, it's just a matter of can he not put guys on base. Uh, you know, contact rate is 74.5% on everything last year. So that, that, and there's room for growth with that because the stuff is better than that. Um, I probably will have more Bybee than Gavin Williams, despite Gavin being cheaper, though, just because that's kind of the range. You know, my SP234, uh, I like to have two of those guys be really. Um, Close I to guess elite. Not, they don't. I don't like them to have a wide range of outcomes. Yeah, if that makes sure. sense, I like them to 100%. be a little more guaranteed in what I can expect from them. And then one of those guys, though, I will likely take a shot on. So I probably have one or two shares uh, in my I don't know ten, twelve leagues that I do this year. No, I like that. That's it's really good to, to break it down like that because I see so many arguments that you at least obviously I heard the right things about Williams being potentially the better pitcher in the long run, if, if it all puts together. But uh, I do like the – I think what we saw with Bybee is who he is. If not, he could be better. So, like, you got that kind of quote-unquote safety net potentially. Um, and it goes back to where Bybee's going. That's why we're not drafting Andres Jimenez. It's that realm. It's that same yeah. same ADP bucket. So uh, that makes it tough. But, yeah, I got to snag, snag me some Williams. I don't, I don't think I have any yet. But uh, I know I had a, a decent amount in Fab last year, so – We'll see how that yeah, plays out. That's, that's that was better. I, I I one more thing on him. I don't like guys that throw their fastball more than like forty two percent, forty three percent generally. Mm-hmm. And he threw his over fifty five percent last year, which it's a good fastball. Don't get me wrong, but that's not good. He's got to mix it up a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Slider twenty two and the cha- uh, the curve seventeen and the change was almost change was almost non-existent. So it's a little too predictable. I'd like to see it mixed up a little bit more. And you know, player manager Austin Hedges. I'd say, yeah, player manager Austin Hedges and Stephen Vogt. The combination of two yeah. catchers, you might have to get some stuff going. Catchers mm-hmm. do make good managers as much yeah. as we want to make. They they really know their stuff. Um, Don't tell it to Brad Osmus though. No. <laughs> yep, Bob Brimley. He, he'd like to talk to people too. Um, yeah, let's go to the the third member of the three headed monster of young arms that came out of Cleveland last year, and that's Logan Allen. Um, we got the 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 lefty this time around, and you know he came with 125 innings in the bigs, 145 overall. Ratio ERA wise was good, but Mylanta, the walks and just other issues got in the way it seemed like way way more often than not but yeah adp at 340 so what are your thoughts on logan allen this it's, year it's palatable uh you know if you need innings at that point it's not terrible it's it's a good park uh should be a pretty solid defense you know jimenez is a is a gold glove caliber second baseman um the outfield is pretty solid defensively so it, it if you need innings at that late of the draft it's not bad uh i don't think there's a lot of upside for you know, a, a, a top 50 starter or anything like that, though. I, I He gets hit too hard and walks too many guys and doesn't strike out enough to 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 give me tons of hope that he's going to do better than – or much better than what he did last year, I should say. But, you know, he he, he is what he is. I, I, don't, I think he's an okay guy, and you can play him in matchups. He, he is in a, a decent division to play some matchups, even though – those offenses are getting a little bit better, so maybe not as much. Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm 
he was a frustrating one at times on yeah. the rosters because everything else was pretty decent except for that whip, which just blew everything up at times. Right. So very, very tilting. Uh, let's talk sticks. Tristan McKenzie, um, dynamite on the mound, went on the mound. Uh, he weighs mm-hmm. about 25 pounds. And um, bright side is he finished the season on the mound. Now, good or bad, but he finished on the mound, which didn't look like it would be even possible at one point in time. So I think that's a definite positive. But is this a guy that we can look at taking around pick 240 with all these concerns right now? Uh, the upside for much better is there. You know, we were taking him in the eighth round last year. I, I shouldn't say we. I, I, I was I was way off just because of the health concerns that you mentioned. You know, yeah, I had a ton of him when he was cheap. Yep. He had that nice, nice, nice 22, and then I was far away last year. Yep, I was too. Um, I love, he's listed at 165. I love that. I don't, I don't even think he's 165 he's- with – Wet clothes. I was the old joke soaking wet in his shoes. Like, not a chance. <laughs> yeah. He is a lanky, lanky, stringy dude. Uh, he's so he's so cool. Like, I love his personality. Uh, I love his ability. I just want to see him on the mound. And you're, you're right. He finished the year on the mound. And the price is fine. Like, he's your SP6. You know, I, I'm fine with that. If, if you didn't take three risky starters ahead of him, yeah. Like, why not? Um you know what the upside is if he's on the mound and and if he's not on the mound then he's not going to kill you to drop either so this is a range that i think he's very palatable because you know what could be i mean that 21 or the 22 was a really good season uh yes. the era was amazing the estimators were fine you know he had a 25.6 k rate um and the whip was amazing so you know what he can be uh, we just need to see him on the mound. Yeah, it's a fun range. Like you said, SP6, you can take your chances. Emmett Sheehan, Christopher Sanchez, Brian Bayo, Charlie Morton, Yusei Kikuchi all going right around him. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's probably the ceiling play in the whole group. But yeah, he, might, I, he might be the riskiest in the whole group, too. <laughs> right, sure. Yeah, I love I love Christopher Sanchez in that range, too. I, I think uh, I have gonna, I'm going to have a lot of him this year, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I... You know, I'm not opposed to taking McKenzie at all. I, I have one share now. I think I'll probably have two or three more. Yep. He's another guy. He's a totally amazing auction target for me because. By getting super uh, cheap, I'm guessing. You can get him super cheap. And, you know, you, I, I, don't, I don't feel like, his, yeah, his cost isn't going to hamstring me at all. And and I, I'm fine using a roster spot on a guy. Because in auctions, you know, you you can't draft your reserves at all until you fill the whole roster. So, you know, I, you also think about, you know, how many slots you're filling of starting pitchers because then you can't add other guys that you like. And I like him enough that I would use a spot in a in a seven-man starting rotation good for point. him. Good point. All right, let's talk about the veteran. I'm not going to say ace, but no, the veteran of the Cleveland Guardians pitching staff. I guess he's technically still the, the ace. Opening day starter. Yeah. Yeah, he will be, and they already said they probably won't trade him this offseason, so he will be the opening day starter. Um, and that's Shane Bieber, who once was a perennial just beast, like almost 200 innings on, on lock, but the velocity's decreased, the contact's getting worse and worse. Uh, still can, like, surprise you, I'll say. And when you look at his end numbers, I was like, well, that was not nearly a sub-four year I would have lost a bet on that one. I'll tell you that right mm-hmm. now. But didn't have a ton of innings either. So what are we thinking on Bieber? Because you got a 191 ADP right now. It's so hard to know, but – we know he is working at driveline and you know, it's cliche, but 
it's a good a it's an honest cliche these he days is. as much as we want to make fun of it <laughs> like, he, we've seen the results now and yeah. we know the one thing you know besides health that v, bieber was just missing last year was velocity he was yep. so far down in velo the velo spike that he had at the end of 22 did not come back last year he was down his fastball was like 91 5 it was awful it got pummeled he was so hittable last year he cannot exist without a 93 mile an hour fastball now he's cheap enough now that you can take some shots early i do have one share now but i'm not overloading now i want to see him in spring i want to see him sitting 93 that's the only way that I'm going to be comfortable taking him in any big money leagues. Um, but he's at driveline. He's pitching now. He's healthy. He's working out there. You know, we've seen guys add velo before because of what they do. And if they can get Bieber back to 93, 94 sitting there, he, he could be, uh, you know, what he was at least in 22. You know, 22, yeah. he was a really solid pitcher for you. Mm-hmm. 200 innings, 198 Ks, no walks. You know, sparkling ERA and whip. I, you know, if he has the velo back, he can do that. And he even did some of that in 22 without the velo. So, yeah, true. You know, I it's worth taking a shot early just because you know he's healthy and he's working out and he's at a place that could improve him to the point where you can really pay off on that pick. And that, that's how you win leagues. You get, you pay off those mid-round picks and, and you're gold. Yeah, no, see, this is why I love doing these shows and talking like player by player where people pay more attention to the teams because – Bieber's one of those guys where it's just I'm like the velocity so bad I just don't even want to deal with him. Yeah. But then you mentioned valid points where I need to take my biases out of the the picture there. And if he could go to drive line and just get a little bit back, it goes back to the whole theory why sticks is even worth a discussion point, why certain guys are, because you're at that point in the draft now where you you should have hopefully got your boring but safe, you know, stats in place. Let's mm-hmm. start shooting off some bullets here and see what we can find. And uh, Bieber is definitely a guy not far removed from a very quality season. Like, if Bieber can get back to close to 2022, why are we taking Chris Bassett and all those guys way ahead of Shane Bieber? Like, that that's the uh, grouping I would start to say. That's a big big ADP yeah. difference. So, right. um, yeah, that's a good point. Very yeah, good when point. Bieber's on, he's, he's super Bassett. So, yep. just got to, you know, like I said, though, if, if I'm doing a $1,500 league, 1750 main, I ain't taking Bieber unless I see him in spring. <laughs> and thankfully, those are at the end of March, and I, I can see plenty of him in spring. Yes, because you need that ceiling play in those for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm, with, I'm with you there. Um, in the bullpen, Emmanuel Classe, still the guy, obviously wasn't as dominant to many last year, still walked away with 44 freaking saves, but the ratios weren't as ideal, and the strikeouts were done a ton. Like Innings and saves yeah. were great, but the overall production was a lot scarier with Classe. He's also getting rumored to be potentially traded these mm-hmm. days. So what are we thinking right now at Class A going in? You'd, you'd hope he'd get traded to a team that wants a closer, but then again, the Dodgers are rumored, so who knows what the hell's going on. Right, right. And haters still floating out there too for them. So yeah. I, I'm I'm scared. Um, I had a lot of Class A last year just because I loved yep. how safe he was. I knew, like, Tito. Tito's loyal to a fault. Yep. And he Class A blew like eight, nine saves last year. I don't remember offhand, but I know it was a lot. He he was hittable at like half the year, like incre- just incredibly twelve hittable. blown like, saves. 12. Oh my god! Holy <laughs> hell. Uh, like we we've never seen Classe even remotely that bad, and it was all year because in the beginning the velo was down, and we're like, ah, oh, damn, the velo's at ninety eight. It should be at one hundred one. 
he got it up a little bit. You know, it progressively increased a little bit throughout the year, but the hitability just stayed all year. Like you mentioned, the strikeouts are way down, 21.2% from 28.4 the year prior. The whip was way up because he was just getting smacked around. He was walking more guys. Uh, just, I, I'm, I'm scared. Um, you'd think, though, if somebody's trading for him, they're going to close with him. I mean, he's on a really good deal. So, True. Uh, man, I mean, he's, he's on a really good deal. So the Guardians yeah. aren't going to trade him unless they can really get something for him. But you know they're shopping the hell out of him. Oh, yeah. It'll be like, you know, Savali, we want you one of your top prospects. This is just how it's going to yeah. go if you yeah. want him. Because I mean, that was the beauty of Savali, so freaking cheap. Like, it was right. ridiculous. So it made sense. Now, the question I have for you, and this makes sense that they're shopping him, is they did something that the Guardians don't usually do, and right. they acqu- the whole Barlow deal, which cost mm-hmm. money. Um, yeah, so money. how do we look at that? Like, in a DC, are you maybe a little more interested in a guy like Barlow? Not just because of Class A, the Class A rumors, but just the fact you see a team like the Guardians spending that money – there you're going to want to utilize them as much as possible, like ideally. Yeah. We were we were really shocked when we saw that because that's not a Guardians move to trade for relievers that are expensive. Uh, but, you know, in today's market, Barlow's not horrible. I think he's like $6.5 million or something this year off of sure. ARB. Um, Giants just paid $11 million for Hicks, so yeah, you're right. <laughs> but he's a starter, Bubba. Yeah, oh yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's going he's gonna to go down the Mania train. Uh, uh, it's going to be wild gonna... watching him. Sure, opener middleman it's gonna be a freaking yeah middle. good thing Kapler's <laughs> well, not there really like it's gone, so who knows yeah yeah, yeah. what Mel, you got melvin right yeah, Mel, yeah melvin's melvin a little does. more customary so we'll see how that goes <laughs> um that the, i do have a couple shares of barlow i took him in both of my fab leagues though so not the dcs okay. uh he was my 30th round pick in both of my fab leagues just that's, in case gets yeah that's fair. and yeah. i can drop him in march and move on yeah. uh so that's that's the kind of guy i like to take because yeah, there's a, there's a strong chance that Class A gets moved. Because I mean, the deal is so good that somebody probably is going to pay up for him at some mm-hmm. point in the next couple of years. If it's not this year, it'll or this this off season, it's the trade deadline. Um, it's after this season. Some you know, I know that doesn't help us now, but, but I, I really do think the, the trade threat is real because yeah. the Guardians, they're not. Um, they're not a team to continue to pay for relievers when they have so many of them in the minors. They have a ton. They have a yeah. ton of electric guy. Trevor Steffen could be a closer. Uh, Scott Barlow obviously can be a closer. He's done it before. And he was much better uh, after going to San Diego last year. So, uh, yeah, the fear is real. I don't have any class A, and I probably won't, just because there are so many reliable closers, quote-unquote, right now that I'm not going to be spending a fourth, fifth round pick on Class A with just so many other guys that I like more. Just the strikeout upside alone is lower than most of the guys that are going in that range. Like, you got Camilo Duvall going right before him. Like, yep. why would you not take Duvall over Class A? It's, it's easy. It's a slam dunk to me. It's a good thing we don't draft in a lot of leagues because we've I've around the same. <laughs> like, I had Class A in almost every single league last year. Except I, for the meatball that you won. Yeah, there you go. Cause yeah. I should. I should because I don't even, like, and I drafted up. Class A in that one, so I, I didn't let you have him. Yeah, you didn't let me have it on that one. That's the only one we dance in. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't – I have zero Class A shares this year. Like, I'm just not even in on them. Like you said, it's there's way too many concerns for me to put that draft capital behind and him Tico's right gone, so who knows if Vote's going to even be That's as, 100% true as there, too. Because he he's not beholden to him. It's true. It's another very good point. Um, 
when we're looking at the prospect world, you kind of already kind of joked like Tyler Freeman that isn't worth it and this and that, yeah. but like you know, Chase Delauder got his cup of yeah. coffee at the AFL, showed some good stuff. There you got George Valera and the minors. People talk about him. I'm not a prospect guy, but I know these names. Is there anybody pitching, hitting wise that you see might come up this year? Because obviously your three main pitchers came up last year, but you still have some in the in the stockpile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, George Valera's stock has really fallen. Uh, I, it doesn't look like he's going to amount to much more than a quad A kind of guy. Uh, I haven't been drafting him. His season the last couple years was just really blah. Strikeout numbers are still bad for repeating AAA. Power was not where it should be. I, I just, yeah, I, most Cleveland people that follow the prospects are pretty down on Valera. They should have traded him years ago when his, he was much higher stock. Um, you know, John Kenzie Noel isn't too bad, but he's another guy that might be a, you know, one of, one of the Guardians type of, uh, type of outfielders that that kind of could be in the majors. Another quad A guy. Um, I like uh, I like Delauder a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to use him that much this year. He has very little experience in the upper minors. And the Guardians generally don't rush players like that. And he's not on the 40-man either, which, makes it you know, the guards, the guards have a few guys that really don't belong on a 40-man, so they can easily get rid of them. But I I have a feeling, and, and DeLauder's not getting drafted late. He's he's going for something. Oh, 565. That's not too bad. But I, I, don't, I don't honestly see him in the majors until maybe August. I just, I feel like they're going to keep him. He barely played in double-A last year. Um, now, granted, he's old. He's a college graduate, I believe. So he's, yeah, he's, well, maybe not great. And they might have drafted him as a junior, but he's going to turn 23 this year. So he's not that old. But I, I just feel like they're going to keep him down. I don't think they're going to rush him just because they have so many outfielders that are on the 40 man already. You still got Will Brennan, who's probably not even going to be in the majors because he has options left because of uh, uh, Florial that they acquired from the Yankees for some reason for oh, Cody right. Morris. I, I, I don't know why we're wasting time with that guy that's never amounted to anything, but dude's 26. Like, can we give it up? I don't know why. Guardians uh, like those speedy outfielders, man. I, they, they do. They like the guys that are just kind of barely hanging on to major league eligibility. Like, I don't know why. Uh, Juan Brito that they got for Nolan Jones mm-hmm. from the yeah, Rockies. Boy. He's intriguing because he can play pretty much anywhere in the infield. Um, he's got a little bit of pop, uh, a little bit of speed, but he got caught a lot in, in the upper minors. But I think he could sneak onto the roster at some point in the second half of the season, maybe a little bit earlier if Rokio struggles. Uh, he is on the 40-man, and they got him for Nolan Jones, who blew up, and they're probably going to give him a little bit of expeditious treatment just because of that, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's, not, you know, he's not old, he's not young, he's 22, but he has some upper-level experience. So I think you could see him up. Um, only one, only one other guy. Everybody talks about Daniel Espino in our minor league pitching system, but Joey Cantillo is not injured, and he's got some pretty solid stuff. He just has bad control. Uh, most of our other pitchers on the 40-man starter-wise are kind of blah, but uh, Joey Cantillo could be somebody, um, some really good strikeout stuff in the minors. He just has a walk problem. Uh, I'm hoping that if we have a starter blowout, they don't do the Hunter Gaddis bullcrap again because yeah. he's terrible. Um, I don't even remember what other garbage we have. But 
Oh, Xavier Curry too. Xavier Curry, he's yeah. a great swing man. I don't want to see him in the rotation like they did last year again. He's he gets blasted all over the yard. He's a he's a you know a Terry Mulholland at the end of his career kind of guy. Give him three innings to mop up. That's, that's... wow, that's a rough one right there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a rough one. I love Grandpa Terry. He pitched he is. like he was, a, he, was, he was with the Giants for a long he time was, too. He was on the guard of the Indians, and he had the full gray hair and goatee and everything. Yeah, he was um, he was before Jimmy Moore's time, folks. Like this was old school, like just eighty eight at his finest. <laughs> no, I I like Joey Cantillo though. I, I think if you're gonna take a shot on a Guardian starter, um, and he's not going super super late, but he's six thirty five right now, so that's a a pretty pretty good shot. James Anderson, that bastard, okay. took him for me in the Meatball League. I was I was. Well, you know he's a good target yeah. thing. <laughs> he likes yeah. our Guardian starters though. Yeah, well, that's fair though, because it's the old yeah. adage: is you know, you guys have been able to develop pitching. Like that's been yeah. one of like one of the things. In the majors, is, uh, but in the minors, yeah, you, you get them, that. you get them to the dance, and then you yeah. just got to hope. Well, player, they player, out. coach Austin Hedges is there. You go. So. I'm, you I'm need ready. to get, Rotoware needs to make like a players <laughs> coach Austin Hedges shirt. Like I'm telling you, they it's, get it's the too one, good. When they, when they sign him again. They used the picture of him from the clinching uh, the postseason in twenty I'm, or twenty with the shirt off and the bottles of champagne. That. He was double fisting the champagne bottles with the goggles on, and that was the picture they used on the Twitter announcement. Well, because he's a glorified cheerleader, that's what they signed <laughs> him for. A, a big titted cheerleader, that's what he is. Yeah. See, like literally, the shirt could be itself. Hedges on the front just says player on the back. Have votes picture says manager, and it's a that's your shirt, yeah. player manager. You got it. There you go, no. Rotoware. Figure it out. Um, all right, we're going to wrap it up there, Jake. Uh, Guardians, how optimistic are we this year? Um, our division got better. Um, uh, it's it's still a really, really young team. Um, it's certainly capable of 90 wins. Um, am I planning on it? No. Um, I, I'd say they're, they're a 500 team, though. Yeah. Um, and I'm that's not the- overly optimistic. Well, that's the thing is, is most of these central teams, yeah. you say 500 with. That's what makes it. Just, yeah. Yeah. And you guys, the Guardians out of the five teams, likely I would like to say has the best pitching as a whole. So Probably. So that's going to. If they're healthy, though. You, yes. got, you got Bieber and Sticks. Like, you need That's them. true. That's true. You don't have a lot that's really impact in the minors that's ready that's other true, it, yeah, because next up's hunter gaddis and Xavier curry so that's true good point good yeah. point on that one we, we don't, we don't want to go there further, a couple that are further down but they're not quite ready yet and well, maybe yeah, someone comes over maybe someone comes with class a let's let's see if that works yeah, could, yeah, yeah it's possible but all right we're gonna wrap it up there why don't you let everybody know uh, once again where they can find you what you got going on now that the boys are back yeah, you can uh, listen to Dave and I on the uh, Rotosaurus High Stakes Heat Pod. It's available everywhere. It's still on there, even though we hadn't had a show in a year and a half. We are back. We just got one in the can before this. Uh, it'll be posted probably before this one drops. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me at the Dustmite on Elon Musk's side project, and that's about it. See me in the NFPC draft rooms. I love it. I love it. Good stuff, Jake. It was a pleasure chatting with you tonight. We'll have to do it again sometime, and make sure everybody you follow him. On the X, the Twitter, whatever you want to call it. But this was Bench with Bubba, episode 631, your 2024 Cleveland Guardians team preview. Catch you all next time. <laughs>